0: Hi, my name is Ayla Fung, and I'm going to be talking about image. So image is how people perceive you, and it's also the person that you put out there. John 3, 27 through 30, talks about the image of John the Baptist and how he was sent before Jesus. It says, To this John replied, A person can receive only what is given to them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I'm not the Messiah, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him, and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine, and it is now complete. He must become greater, and I must become less. John's disciples were worried that Jesus was replacing him. John tells them that he was sent there to share the news about Jesus. Now that he's here, it's time for John to become less and for Jesus to become more. Though John's image was very unusual due to things he ate, such as honey and locust, and the animal skins he wore, he was well-respected, but also very humble. John put everything aside for Jesus, and we should too. Over the last year, I've been thinking a lot about who I am and how other people see me. Gymnastics has been my image for the past 13 years. From the posts that my parents upload, to the commitment of 20 hours a week, to my traveling schedules and intense competitions, most people in my life knew me as a gymnast. In March, I ended my gymnastics career, and for a long time, I questioned if I made the right decision. Gymnastics was a huge part of my life, but there's way more to me than just that. I have found a new passion. I now play in the school band, and I'm a member of the choir. I also have more time to devote myself to being a worship leader at Vibe and have been able to hang out with my friends, especially people at youth group. With this time, I have gained more opportunities to serve the homeless and speak up for social justice issues. From this, I've learned that God can use me in many different ways. The thing about social media is that it plays a huge role in portraying our image and how other people see it. From the filters we use to the amounts of followers and likes we have, we focus on our appearance and popularity rather than focusing on God. We need to start focusing more on how he sees us. Genesis one twenty seven says, Sorry. Um, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I would now like to read a poem that I wrote about image. Never trust a mirror, for a mirror is deceitful, making you think your whole worth is defined by an object, showing your appearance only from the outside, hiding the pain you don't want to reveal. The worst part is, mirrors are one of the few options we have for viewing ourselves. Though a photograph can be a beautiful reminder of the moments we've lived, Of the adventures we've lived and the moments we never want to forget, we cover ourselves up once again with the filters we use and the parts we change just for the evaluation of others. Why do we do this? For we are wonderfully made into our own unique selves, nevertheless by our Savior, for we are perfect in his sight. So if our mighty God sees us as perfect, then why can't we see ourselves that way? If the God who created everything from the emotions we feel To the air we breathe, if he sees us as perfect and knows everything about us, even before we were in our mother's womb, then we need to start living each day to our fullest and start to become the person we are meant to be. Because the thing about pain is it won't last forever. And it may be killing you now, but just hold on, because with time, it'll pass. Don't worry about the failures of today or if you're perfect in every type of way, because the only thing that matters. The only judgment that matters is from the Savior up above, who thinks you're beautiful and will never stop giving you love. God loves us all endlessly. He thinks we're perfect, and he doesn't care about our appearance because he already sees us as beautiful. So we need to start, and we need to start seeing ourselves and others that way too. So before you judge someone, take time to get to know them so you can see the true image of who God created them to be. Now I'd like to call up Ray Baloui to talk about how we can incorporate Jesus in our image.
1: All right. Hi. My name's Ray. And so continuing about Jesus in our image, I'd like to talk about uh, you are what you do. Right. So, the Swiss psychiatrist Carl Gustav Jung said, "You are what you do, not what you say you'll do." And so, even in today's society, his statement holds up uh, you know, holds up quite well, right? Because um, you know, I have an example, right? When my mom tells me to do my chores, you know, sweep the house, mop the house, take out the trash, all that, and leaves the house, she expects that uh, it's going to be done. So I said, "Okay, mom." I'm going to do my chores, and they'll be done before you come home, right? She comes home, finds me. I'm on the computer playing Minecraft. The house is not swept, not mopped. The trash is still there. And my mom gets angry at me. And if you've ever been unfortunate enough to be the one that my mother is talking to when she's angry, I feel for you, right? She can just go on and on and on and on and on. Give me me an earful. You're like, okay, I get it. I said I was going to do it, but whatever. But even in the Bible, right, Peter said that, he said to Jesus that when the time comes, I will never deny you. And guess what happened? When the time came for Peter to own up to who he was as an apostle and a follower of Christ, what did he do? He shrunk away. He didn't live to the moment, and he didn't back up his words. Right? And our actions are valued a lot more than our words. And people are much more willing to trust and accept and bring people into their friend group that don't necessarily have the nicest words but show through their actions that they are loyal people and that they will back up what they say no matter what happens and no matter what people are going to trust someone who proves themselves through their actions rather than someone who spends all their time talking all this noise just for when the time comes that they disappoint the the people that they were talking to And so the same goes for us as Christians, right? If if Jesus is our image, and we have uh, to—yeah, if Jesus is the one that is our image, then we have to make sure that we aren't fake Christians as well, right? I don't know if you are paying much attention last week uh, to the sermon, but people value authenticity. And vulnerability, right? And so we have to be authentic Christians and do what we say, uh, do what we claim to be, right? Be Christ followers in order for people to also real, uh, look at us and see the kingdom of heaven. And so it says here in John 13, right? John 13, verse 15, Jesus said, for I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. And then later on, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, John says, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. So if it wasn't clear enough for you how to show that uh, you are a Christ follower, right? That you're emulating Jesus' image, then it, right here it says that you have to follow what Jesus did. Throughout his ministry, Jesus had made clear Uh, to the disciples and made it a point uh, to make sure to explain everything that he did so that they wouldn't be confused about what he did or why he was doing it and then in turn the disciples uh, took these words to heart and wrote the bible and left these words for us to read and meditate over every day and then when we look at jesus we see that in his ministry uh, he was going out to teach the multitudes. He was healing the sick. He was giving to the needy, stuff like that. He was making all these bold claims that weren't necessarily uh, backed up by facts at the time. And we look at this, and we think, okay, Jesus is our image. We have to go out, and we have to be like Jesus. And so we go home, and we do something, and we go like, oh, you know what? I'm going to text my coworker, Jesus loves you. And we pick up our phone, and we text them, oh, Jesus loves you. And immediately, we throw the phone down, and are like, oh my gosh, why didn't I send that? What overtook me to send that? And then they don't read the message for a while, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, they didn't read the message. They think I'm weird? They're going to talk about me at work, you know? Oh, look at this Jesus freak right here. He said, Jesus loves you. Jesus is not even real. What a fool, right? We're, we're afraid of stuff like that. But God knows uh, what we're afraid of, right? God knows everything. And so he knows that... He, You know, extrovert, introvert, regardless of what you are. uh, Sometimes talking about Jesus requires you to get out of your comfort zone. But just because we're afraid of how people think about us... Uh, doesn't mean we should forget about what our ultimate goal is, right? Our ultimate goal is to show people through our actions that we are Christ followers. So we hide behind these excuses, right? That, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of what people are going to think of me. How does that reflect upon you as a Christ follower? It's not going to look good. You're going to not be authentic. You're going to be fake. You're just like the people that you don't want in your life, right? So... Think about this. See, this is an orchard, and uh, Jesus said that a tree is known by its fruits. And if uh, you know we're the tree, and the work we do is our fruit. And at first we think, okay, I'm not going to be a bad tree. I'm not going to do bad. I'm not going to produce bad fruit. But there's no difference if you're a tree and you don't produce any fruit at all. Uh, compared to a tree with bad fruit I would rather have a tree that produces bad fruit cuz at least I know that my tree can make fruit right when the harvest time comes I'm going to have fruit on my tree I'd rather have that tree than some fake tree that's not going to do give me any f- fruit all right and that's what we have to be too right it doesn't matter what our works are at first but we have to make sure that uh over time as we find how we're going to show that we're Christ followers, that we're going to produce good fruit eventually, and God will help us along the way. Look, so if you look at Romans 8, 28 to 30, it says, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who... Are the called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew? He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, those he also called, whom he called, those he also justified, and whom he justified, those he also glorified. God has all these amazing, wonderful, fantastic things waiting for us when we go to heaven, right? But there's a trick. I mean it's not a trick, there's a catch, right? It says He who also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Just because we're a Christian and we gave our life to Christ and say, oh, I'm a Christian, everything's good now, doesn't mean that these wonderful things are going to be given to us when we go to heaven, right? We have to conform our actions, our images, our heart, our mind, our soul to uh, the works and the things that Jesus said. So it's important to remember that uh, no matter what, no matter your fears, that you're showing through your actions that Jesus is the one who you are molding your image to be like. And if you remain faithful when the time comes and you meet Jesus, meet our Savior when we go up to heaven, He'll be able to say, oh, good job, my loyal and faithful servant. Now I'd like to call up uh, Shimbalui uh, to talk about how we can be fearless and show people that Jesus is our image.
2: As you heard, my name is Shimbalui, but before I start my message, I'd like you to turn to your neighbor and say, I love Jesus. Come on now, say it. Yeah. So, how easy was that, right? So, okay. okay. So, today I'll be talking about how to be fearless with your faith. And so, during your journey with God, somewhere along the way, your faith will face persecution. And part of being Christian is persecution. Jesus, the big guy himself, went through a lot of persecution just to show us that following him would not be easy. If you're not doing something that results in you being persecuted, and just living an easy life of Christianity, you're only living half the life that God wants you to live. There's a reason that the Bible talks so much about suffering for your faith. God wants you to be humbled in suffering in order to strengthen your bond with him. And so... Persecution might sound harsh But it doesn't have to be on a big scale For example For youth Persecution could be the people at school That always make fun of them for being Christian And always mock them and ridicule them Like those people who always argue with their ideals And they always try to take you down or hold you back And they constantly question you And always ask you these hard questions That you don't always know how to answer So some type of persecution is bound to happen And during times of persecution You have to be fearless And so when being fearless, you must only fear the Lord. For in First Peter three thirteen to 14 it says, Now who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer from doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So do not worry or be afraid of their threats. And so, fearing other things is a lack of fearing the Lord. And when you fear these things, you're giving them a rational power to something other than God. And when you give these these, these things a power... Other than God, you lose sight of God's compassion and capabilities and start to let that fear control your life. And once the fear starts to control your life, it gives openings to the devil to cause chaos in your life. And if the devil is causing chaos in your life, how are you supposed to share your faith fearlessly? And so, once you have the fear of the Lord, it will help you be fearless. Because having the, fear, having the fear of the Lord is important because without it you cannot go out and share your faith. For the fear of the Lord is understanding God's actions in your life. And no one can truly comprehend everything that God does. But to understand God is understanding that everything God does is out of love and care for your safety and future. For in Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> so once you understand God will always be there to guide you with his hand it will help you to step out and be more fearless with your image in God And so suffering is inevitable But once you understand that he only wants the best for you You learn to understand that this is only the first plan The first part of the plan that God has for you God will use you and your faith to do works that benefit you and the church And it will please God and so, what are our fears? A common fear that occurs every day in every person is fear of what people think of you and your actions. Part of this could you being Christian. The people around you look down on you or mock you for your belief and you start to question your own faith. You get so caught up in what people want you to be that you forgot what God made you to be. During times like this, you have to bunker down and be strong with your faith. You have to remember that God provides options to communicate with Him in the word and prayer. Mm. And even when everyone around you doesn't support you God will always be there to be loving and caring But you also have to realize The reason you're being mocked and ridiculed Is because of the people you have surrounded yourself with You have to learn to surround yourself with the right people who will love and care for you Just like I surround myself with the Vibe Youth Group Who are a good influence on me You should surround yourself with this church Who will love and care for you And so, I would like to end my message With our Vibe Youth Group's main verse Verse in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And when before your fears, remember that this verse, and when you are fearless with your faith, God will reward you. And now I'd like to welcome Grace and Louisa.